I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris, expanding via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. I've no idea what number we're up to now, but that's probably because I'm getting quite excited. We've won two whole games in a row. We've scored four whole goals. They all counted. We checked. And we've got a genuine international in the starting lineup for his country. What a week to be a Yeovil Town fan to discuss it all with us is, of course, Mr. David Coates. How are you, sir? Good evening, Ben. I'm all right. I haven't seen a second of it, with the exception of a couple of uh, highlights, of course. But uh, not used to being there, when, not being there when we don't win a shoot time. I know, crazy. And some man who did watch us score two actual proper individual goals. Have you come back down to earth yet, Ian Perkins? Not quite. I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still high from the fact that it is, you know, the myth that when I go to football games, we lose has finally been disproven. Eradicated forever. I, I was there in living colour. I witnessed it. It wasn't really a myth, though, was it? it, it, there, it there, was, there was a factual basis behind it all <laughs> up until Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, OK. What I liked about the way you described it and the way that the match report on the Glover's Cast website and the five conclusions put it together was that it felt like, and, and you used the phrase on our WhatsApp chat, a different team and it was a genuinely all-round good genuinely good performance and we haven't seen many of those especially on home soil maybe all season long why was it different what was different about it to the game you saw Grimsby Dagenham those two disappointments on home soil 
It's the first game in a while I can remember us starting really strongly. Um, you know, within four minutes, Reed had had a shot at goal. I mean, it was straight down the keeper's throat, but we were, you know, we and then from the corner, we had a shot at goal. And then it wasn't long after that that we scored a goal. So I think it was just the urgency and the energy that we had at the start and, and how we just um, really got going. And it clicked as well. There's none of the passes were, you know, a little bit ahead or a little bit behind the man. Everything was perfect, like from us keeping the ball. And we had a lot of the ball, which we weren't, you know, not particularly used to. Um, don't know what that's down to, you know, efficient players like Matt Worthington and Lawson Diaf are good at keeping the ball. They, they good technique. Um, yeah, all just worked and, and Knowles and, Knowles and Wakefield were the liveliest I've seen them for a while as well. They looked like they looked well rested, even though we played on Saturday. Um, and obviously, I'm sure we'll talk about the performance of Reuben Reed, but dun, dun, dun. <laughs> it's like they've cloned him and <laughs> got a better version. <laughs> He doesn't score goals either. The um, so the only thing I was going to say was because you made the point there about that they look <laughs> they look like they were well rested. That that's the strange thing, isn't it? Because a couple of people have said that to me. Obviously, we've spoken over the last few games and after the Grimsby and the Dagenham game, we spoke about how the players look jaded. How can they suddenly go from playing Saturday to Tuesday and look? Fresh as daisies because I mean I watched the highlights and you're right there. Tom Tom Knowles never stops running. He just right. like a human dynamo. Where's he got that from? I'm not saying they didn't do it before, but where's it come from? What they put in the cups of tea? <laughs> I don't know. You'll have to ask the the tea man or lady. Um, I don't know. I mean, we we talked about it on the last episode that you know. We wondered, if, to that one, you know, we wondered if Diaf would have, um, because Diaf didn't play against Dover and because Reed didn't play against Dover, we sort of thought they might come into it and they did. And I think, you know, we can't say enough about how good Lawson Diaf has been since coming back. But again, it was, it's just that he's like the glue in the midfield that links everything going forward. And obviously he scored the goal, which was, you know, great to see him get back on the score sheet after such a long time. But it was all that stuff in between as well. And the build-up play, um, not everything came through him, but a lot of the good stuff was, you know, he was a part of that. And yeah, the way Darren Sol always says, I mean, looks after the ball and takes care of it. And it was just, yeah, we had that um, care in possession that we don't necessarily have when he's not around. Do you think there's anything to be said for the reintroduction of Josh Neufeld? Not just into matchday squad, into a few minutes on the pitch, but he's around the ground. He's training with them every day. Clearly, he's a hugely positive influence on the guys. They obviously love having him there, and he loves being back out there. Do we think that possibly he's just provided a bit of a, to borrow a phrase, a spark in the dressing room onto the training pitch? He's exciting to be around. He's chasing, he's harrowing, he's getting people going on the training pitch, and that's bringing what was otherwise a pretty stale group that had been trudging through a few iffy performances, just up a notch. I, I'm plucking it out of thin air, but I wonder if he's had a part to play. Yeah, when you talk about 
think it was a spike, wasn't it? That Darren Sowell said he wanted to spike the dressing room back along. And you talk about a spike. I mean, within a few minutes of coming on, he's set up Tom Knowles and run down the back of the Thatchers like like he scored it. He was just... Uh, it felt like he's been waiting for that moment in front of the Thatchers stand after everything he did last year. And when you look, I've just pulled up the... Uh, the voting on the Glovies from last year and our player of the season and young player of the season, the top two players were Tom Knowles and Josh Neufeld. And you sort of look back last year and there wasn't a lot to be, um, there wasn't a lot to be very happy about last season at all, but the two absolute sparks were certainly Josh Neufeld and Tom Knowles, weren't they? Those are the two things that stick out for me when from last year sort of on the pitch were, you know, the performances of them two. And it was almost like it was like they're back together again to cause mischief almost. Does that mean we're getting a second edition of the Glovies? Yeah. Yeah, we've got to put Roman numerals after it now, haven't we? Oh, okay. Aye, aye. <laughs> Glovies too. This time it's personal. Yeah. <laughs> so go on then. Uh, Let's talk about Rubid. I'm he was busted un- out um, in Canto touchable. song then. <laughs> Let's talk about Ruben. We don't talk about Ruben, no, no. <laughs> what is that film so many times? So when I was talking to Elliot Watts, who, who, who was at the game, and I said to him, where's that Ruben Reed come from? He said to me that the difference was that we played Ruben Reed as an actual back-to-goal striker, as uh, with, with um, well, Wakefield and Knowles and then Neufield and Knowles running off of him. But he was a, he was a player that when the ball went forward, it went to him. He held it up and then he laid it off to not just Wakefield and Knowles, but Diaf and other people like that. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but I, also we saw him a lot more front to goal striker as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of those nights where he was just, and we haven't probably haven't seen it, but it, he was on it and everything worked. From like the, you know, he picked up the ball in the middle of the half, like it's a game, you know, just after kickoff. He picks it up in the middle of their half and runs with it towards goal and has a shot from 20 odd yards. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he's feeling like he probably wouldn't do that normally. He's feeling something here. And then, yeah, he had a couple of chances. There was one where he was, it's back to goal and he turned and sort of had a good shot from an angle. Um, in the second half, there was a bit more of the you know back to goal action really, where um, the deliveries from Can and and the defenders were sort of you know pinpoint, and he just killed it dead, like brings it down and moves it out wide. It was it was like he bottled something, and it was all clicking. And I, and I think as well, it was the other thing we've seen this season when he's been on the pitch is like the passes to other players haven't been right his first touch has let him down but yeah he was bang on it was <laughs> i don't know i don't know what he drank yeah. that night but it was uh it worked i remember mentioning after seeing fellow when he played at maidenhead and saying how, how refreshing it was to see our players pick up the ball and actually have a shot and yeah. again only watching the highlights of that game against Bromley but yeah you saw that and Ruben Reed was doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. It was it was remarkable how many shots yeah, we yeah. had. Like, and you know all that 
XG nonsense. I mean, some of them were from quite far out and weren't going to cause problems, but we actually got in the box and, you know, Lawson Diaf's goal was, you know, inside the six yard box after a you know, really good work from Tom Knowles and a, and a cross in the box. It was, it wasn't like a set piece and hope for something here. It was an actual attacking patterns that were effective. I didn't think Bromley were very good. I no, it was surprising when you think where they are and some of the results they've had. I know they've dropped off a bit, but yeah, I thought I thought they they certainly struggled with Knowles and Wakefield running and and you know I think Reed probably gave Byron Webster a difficult night as well and no one really stuck out stood out for them. I thought you know I thought Michael Cheek might have come back to haunt us, but. You know, even their goal was, you know, a cock up on our end and they they put that away. Other than the chance late in the first half, that's a really good save from Ted Can. They didn't really do much else. What was the atmosphere like there? Because I noticed when they scored, Matey, who scored, did the you know, shushing the thatches, Dan, and he got the <laughs> same response that that lad for Dagenham got. It's like, you know, yeah. it was. So really- off, mate, our season's over. We're not bothered. It was really weird because he scored and he stood there for ages and no one else joined him. No. So he was stood there for ages. Then he turned around and everyone had run back. (laughs) So then he had to turn around and he turned around to go back. And then when uh, Terrace were like, to him, then he turned around and shushed him. But it was like no one joined him in his moment to have a bit of fun. It was quite, it it was a bit comical. It's weird on the um on the Bromley version of the highlights because they were released a bit ahead of us, so I actually watched it on the Bromley. Mm. They the commentator says, "Oh, they've ruled it out. It's offside." Yeah, it was. <clears throat> that's what we were. Yeah, because I was with um former quiz contestant Rob Manley um for the match, and we thought something had happened because it went really quiet. No one was no one was like saying anything. The ref was sort of just like looking around because none of the other players... I think the confusion was because no one went to celebrate with him. So they obviously don't particularly like him and just <laughs> left him to it and didn't go and join in. That's why people thought that he hadn't gone in or something had happened. But, I mean, there was no way it was offside, I don't think. Yeah, it was a strange one. Like they, they, But then they realised that he had scored and then they went a bit crazy for a couple of seconds and <laughs> like the moment was over. Yeah. Um, so Ruben Reed, good, untouchable. As the manager said, Lawson Diaf pulling the strings, Neufeld exciting, Ted Can. <laughs> um, it's a howler. There's no <laughs> other way around it. It's an absolute stinker of the highest order. No, no, come on. It's not. It's not a stinker. It's not the. Uh, was it the Central African Republic uh, goalkeeper? <laughs> is it? It's not that bad. No, it's not that there's bad. Been, there's been worse. Not the highest order. But it's it's a bit of a stinker. It is a bit of a stinker. But. Yeah. He sure as hell makes up for it with that yeah, save yeah. shortly after. Yeah. That is a big save. Makes himself really big, really stretches his legs out. Really impressive save. Um, what, what have you made of Ted Can for, this, for those two games, guys? What do we think? Um, I was probably on the Max Evans side of things in terms of thinking he probably should have got the nod with the season being done and dusted. But he's doing okay, right? 2-1-2. 
It's not a bad ratio, is it? Um, oh, it's difficult, isn't it? Because when keepers cock up, everyone sees it, and yeah, it's exactly. like hyper focused on. Whereas you know, someone in you know someone in midfield gives the ball away, and it's just a bit of a ah, oh, and then someone else mops it up. Whereas yeah, in goal you are majorly exposed. Um, yeah, the goal was you know it was disappointing. Um, had we not won the game, we probably would be a bit more annoyed about it. I think we talked about his distribution being quite good before. There was a moment in the second half where his, his, he comes out to clear the ball. It He doesn't make very good contact with it at all. And it hits a Bromley midfielder and bounces to Michael Cheek, who luckily is offside. Because if he wasn't offside and he picks up that ball, he was through on goal, running into an empty net because of how far Can had come out. I don't know if that made it onto the highlights or not. But yeah, so he boots it into the yeah Bromley player. And yeah, luckily <laughs> he's offside. But He did a similar bit. thing at Dover, didn't he? I think Sheridan mentioned it on the commentary that he'd done a similar thing at Dover and Gaiassi there had put the ball in and been offside as well yeah. so he's got some luck this lad i'll give him that <laughs> he has he has but you know if we do, do we judge goalkeepers on saves no no that's no. a ridiculous thing to suggest yeah <laughs> why would anybody do anything as ridiculous as that his, his save in the second half if, if he if they score then mm-hmm. it feels probably like a totally different game um I thought, yeah, uh, there were there were points where it was almost like they knew that Josh Staunton was like the walking wounded because they, it was like they kept trying to get at him and get behind him because he, he wasn't a passenger, but it felt like he was because of whatever injuries go through. Didn't Darren Sol say he's got a hole in his stomach or something? Yeah. <laughs> They, because of that, it felt like everyone around him was looking after him a bit in that, you know, someone else would be there to mop up or Mark Little was providing a bit of cover. Um, I noticed in the warm-up, at one point, he he fell over, like, fairly innocuously, just like, like his feet got stuck under him and he fell over. And he was down for ages on his front, like, in really uncomfortable like it looked like I thought he wasn't going to be starting the game because he looked to be in so much agony so the man's a machine to to <laughs> to play for play for 60 odd minutes Wilco came on didn't he for him um yeah so there, there are performances like that where it's obvious that he's struggling but he's putting everything on the line to to play for us. Um, final word on Ted Catton. I can't think of any other football clubs in the country where two of the former, th- where two of the top three goalkeepers are former Yeovil Town loanees. Anyone else? Can't think of any. Who's that? Uh, West Brom. If Ted Catton's third choice at West Brom, I think he is, or possibly fourth choice. Who's second choice? Um, whoever's on the bench for them the other day. Their first choice goalkeeper, of course, is a former Yeovil Town loanee as well. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. Sam Queen. Johnston. There you go. There you go. I, was yeah. for, I was waiting for someone to get the answer right. Yeah, that's a good one, that. There you go. I just didn't know, I just didn't know if it if it had um, crept in to any other clubs. I was thinking. I couldn't think of any. But there you go. Anyway, should we move forward and talk about Southend? Yeah, enough like... of these questions. Um, no, I want to no, talk. sorry. I, I want to just um, talk about Morgan Williams as well. Because okay. he had a stellar performance again at left-back. <laughs> he had a great performance at left back and I don't know it feels like people are frustrated because he's playing left back but he's really good <laughs> it's like he's, he's doing a, he's doing a good job at left back it's like do you think he's doing a good job as a centre back playing at left back or do you think he is actually a left back or could or is becoming a left back no, he's definitely a centre back playing left back. A left back, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he's a good defender, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I think that's why he's there, because yeah. him at left back versus if we take Jordan Barnett at left back against Dagenham, had a shocker. And I think the solidity that having a centre back at left back, the solidity that that gives us, is why he's there rather than. Us thinking we need a more attacking fullback there to get forward because really we're relying on Knowles and Wakefield and Neufeld now and Diath and all those to do the attacking rather than the fullbacks. I mean, even Mark Little got forward a little bit, but not not very much. And he had perfectly white shorts again. That man does not leave his feet. <laughs> he is class. He is class. There was a moment where the ball was a little bit loose to the um, Bromley left midfielder, and any other fullback would have gone steaming in, sliding to like get it. And Martlett was like, "No, I'm just going to hang here and let him have it." And then he get, gets the ball off him and moves it forward. But it was like, if that's I don't know, if that's Barnett in that position, he is wiping that bloke he goes out. Steaming in, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you know, I don't know if there's, you know, budgetary concerns on the washing machine or anything like that, but Mark Lewis is determined to leave the pitch with perfectly white shorts that he can put on again on Saturday. <laughs> well, it feels good to be talking about a couple of wins, doesn't it? I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm just trying to think because I don't want to leave anyone out, really, because they all play they all play really well. I mean, Worthington had one of those... Um, well, the manager said he was like a football league player, wasn't he? But he had one of those games where he was sort of mopping up and just keeping hold of the ball and just keeping things ticking over, really. It wasn't like a obvious, like, look at everything Matt Worthington's doing. It was a, he's done his job and he's done it really well type performance. So there was lots of, lots of good on Tuesday night. Did you wonder where you were? I did. Did, did. did you get disorientated? I did ask Rob to pinch me a couple of times just to see if it was a dream or not. Um, but no, it was it was good. First game, uh, the best game you've seen live since when? When was the last time you saw a good game live? <laughs> you got to be going back to that first. Uh, Wembley, twenty thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> no. You got to be no, going back it's... to nineteen twenty, haven't you? Not not nineteen twenty. <laughs> 2019-20 season. Is that your first season? Um, uh, year before that. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. We played, think... against, we, we played really well at home against Fylde that one time. 1-3-2. <laughs> that was a good one. Maybe that was the last one. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's go on and talk about Southend, I think, very, very quickly. Um, has Ian, Ian, are you with us? Are you back with us? Have you frozen I, I am, I hope. He's not frozen. He was just sat really still, I think. That's what he was. <laughs> frozen joke, in time. The joke clearly didn't land. Um, Ian hasn't frozen. I'll let it go. Uh, I'm, just glad, I'm just glad Dave's still here, based on what I, the last thing I heard. Uh, that's fine. Um, let's talk about Southend. Now, Dave had a conversation with a Southend journalist today, and I think, we should, uh, I think we should go to that conversation pretty quickly, whilst I run away. Was he an award-winning journalist? Probably not. Dave won that one. Again. Okay, hello. So this is Dave, and we are joined today by uh, Chris Phillips, Chief Sports Reporter for the South End Echo, or as the website says, the Basildon Canby and South End Echo. So, but I'm assuming today, Chris, we'll be talking mostly on the South End side of things. Yeah, definitely. I don't know too much about anything else. So if we could uh, stick it to South End, then uh, then that'll be perfect. But no, thank you very much for asking me on. <laughs> no, no, thank you, thank you for coming on. Yes, it's um, uh, it as I, I was saying to you off air there. We've been following you for uh, since the summer, not in a stalkerish kind of way, obviously. But yeah, uh, that, when... that's not you outside in the car park, is it? <laughs> no, no, that's not me. That's someone else. Yeah, that's probably oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, but we um, uh, yeah, we followed you in the summer when obviously the Reese Murphy transfer saga was uh, reaching its conclusion so we'll um we'll, we'll come on to talk about chris uh, come on to talk about reese i should say shortly i'm um, i'm sure but um yeah i just really wanted to ask you about south end season because we we did our predictions as to where we thought teams were going to finish at the come the end of the season on the glovis cast back in the summer and i remember having south end in the in the playoff places quite comfortably and Probably not long before we um, played you at uh, a Roots Hall. When was that? That was sort of February. No, no, it would have been before Christmas, was it? I think it was, was it January time. January, yeah. It was, uh, it was. I remember you beating us there anyway, but that seemed to be around the point where the, the worm had, uh, had truly turned and you'd gone from having what looked like a truly awful season to one which is now looking quite, quite special. I mean, what has changed um, from that run of form um, before Christmas for you know in the drop zone, and now you still got to be think you're in the shout of playoffs. Now, I, th- I think the problem is that um, Southend had been, and, and it's nice to hopefully be saying that in in the past tense now is that things yeah. have been so bad for so long that it's so hard to to turn things back around again in, in the right direction. So Southend were a club that had had back-to-back relegations. There were transfer embargoes. Anything that could go wrong with a football club was going wrong at the football club. And it was just a horrible place to be. And the life had been sucked out of it. It was no longer fun to, to be around. And it was just, it was toxic. I think that's probably the best word to describe it. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, it just wasn't good anymore. Um, as you guys, you know, I mean, I'm a Southend fan, irrespective of my job. So it sort of hits home doubly, really. And it is, it just wasn't fun. And it just really hurt going to the games and seeing the club in, in the mess that it was in. Um, and it was always going to take a while. So without being rude to you, I think uh, a playoff prediction may have been slightly uh, um, over ambitious for, for Southend when doing the predictions, because the club was on such a downward directory that I feared 
that um, another relegation could be on the cards. And it did seem to be going that way till around about October. And then yeah. there was an awful, awful lot of things that, that needed to be changed. So it all came to a head, really. Chesterfield at home will forever be the day, the, the darkest day that will live in all of our memories, where we'll, we lost 4-0, the fans came onto the pitch, the, the game was halted, the players had to go off, the fans came onto the pitch and uh, got the game halted, protesting about the chairman. And then immediately after the, the final whistle, Phil Brown was sacked alongside his assistant, Craig Fagan. I think I nearly had a nervous breakdown that day being a one-man sports desk trying to uh, to cover <laughs> all everything. That, yeah. yeah, I think we got it's quite a good website hits-wise. I think um, I don't think we quite broke the internet as Kim Kardashian or whoever it was did that day. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, that was the darkest day. And then and then since then, there's just been a structure that's been put in place. Southend didn't have any structure in or on or off the pitch really and and that was a problem so the chairman's only been to one game since then he's he's become a bit of an unpopular figure and, mm. and he stayed away but he got a, a chief executive stepped up to the fore we hadn't had a chief executive for for about five years or so and so he was appointed and, and he's done really well obviously he appointed Kevin Mayer as manager a backroom staff coming with him, John Steele, Stan Collymore. So you've gone to one extreme to the other, really. And it's going to take a little bit of time for things to turn around. And, and it did with, with those people coming in. Um, but slowly but surely that the results began to improve. And things touched wood when we had a bad result on, on Tuesday. That wasn't the best of nights at, at Maidenhead. But on the whole, things are, are definitely moving in direction, in the right direction. Because I'll be honest, in October, if you'd offered me one place and one point above the relegation zone, I, I would have snapped your hand off. So to be 12th in the table already is a, is a hell of achievement and a hell of an improvement. So a lot's gone into it, recruitment and, and things like that as well. Some good players have, have come to the club and things are starting to look a lot better. And the, the most pleasing thing is that it's enjoyable going to watch South End again. And I couldn't really tell you the last time that that was the case prior up until the last few months. Yeah, that's all any of us wants, isn't it? To yeah, go to the football game and enjoy, enjoy seeing it. I mean, I, I'll um, I'll defend myself a little bit because there was uh, there was quite a few signings, and, and I maybe placed <laughs> a little bit too much significance on the signing of Reese Murphy because, uh, as uh, obviously we've been watching him as the Oval Town fans for the last um, couple of seasons prior to joining you. But I think it's, uh, I don't know what you think, but as an as a natural goal scorer, uh, we've seen some good ones at Oval in our time. Uh, and I think Reese Murphy would would be up there. I don't think he'd be the best we've ever seen, but as yeah. a as a as a as a natural goal scorer, he is one. But the problem that he had is that he just cannot stay fit, uh, and it seems to be that he's he's had the same problem again with you. I, I, I fact I recall the game we played at your place. He came off in that game, and I think I'm right in saying he hasn't played since. I mean, what's the situation with him? Is there any time frame on him returning? You're right. That was the game that yeah. uh, that he got injured. It was a knee injury, and initially they thought that uh, he was going to be out for a, for a couple of months, and um, he was going to have a bit of a tidy up, bit of surgery. Yeah. And unfortunately, when that happened, and, and they went in and looked at the knee, it was um, a lot worse than originally anticipated. So it does seem unlikely that that Reese will play again. Unfortunately, this season. So um, that's that's bad news where where he's concerned. But yeah, uh, Reese is it's it's bizarre. He he's he's a strong that's divided opinion among the uh, the South End fan base um, this season. I, I quite like him. He gets in the right positions, as, as you said. Um, of course, he's, he doesn't convert all his chances, but 
he's he's a national league striker so without using that term disrespectfully yeah. he's not going to convert all his chances because if he did then he wouldn't be playing at this level but the thing that i like about him is that he knows where he's got that kind of now doesn't he that thing yeah. that, you know that they always tell you that he can't teach in front of goal so he's got that spatial awareness to always be in the right place at the right time to get the opportunities in the first place um yeah. and he was top scorer up until he, he got the injury and and whether or not he'll play again this season or or what the future holds for him now i'm not too sure but he got nine goals and the thing is as well that he was playing in the south end team that it was very hard to impress in that South End team. It wasn't mm-hmm. as if it has been in the last few weeks where things have been moving forward and there's been that momentum and that excitement and that attacking play coming to the fore. He was in a South End team that wasn't really creating too many opportunities. So that also makes his nine goals that, that he has scored even more impressive. So it's a shame because I think he would have got a lot more goals once things started to turn around again. And I'm not too sure what, what will happen now regarding him and, and, and his future. Future. So that's an interesting one. And it, it's disappointing that he's been out of action for, for so long because I, I think he would have got a, a lot more goals. Yeah. And another player, um, ex-Yogel player in, in, in your ranks is, is Nathan Ralph, who obviously we've just noticed has got a uh, got an injury as well. I mean, he got a call up for the semi-pro team, didn't he? Uh, he's obviously been been playing well for Southend. Has he been another another highlight of the recent turnaround? Yeah, he's he's had a, a, a real tough time, Nathan, unfortunately. Um, I, I need to double-check my statistics, but I think he's had four relegations in a row up until this yeah. season, and I've always wondered if that's a record because I can't imagine there's too many players that have had four successive relegations in, in four seasons. And he came to Southend, two of those relegations were, were with us, and he struggled a lot with injuries. So um, his first season, I'm pretty sure he'll get it the right way around, but he sort of dislocated his shoulder and that cut short his season. He had a cruciate ligament injury and 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 he's had really been unfortunate with um, spells on, on the treatment table. And then unfortunately, that's that's happened again now. I think this season will be the first time in a long time that, that he has been able to play this number of games. But unfortunately, on Saturday against Altrincham, he went off with a thigh problem and they've had that looked at now. He's had the scan and he's, and he's going to be out for six weeks. So, yeah, he won't be playing Saturday. He'll be out for England C again um, as well. So that was due to be next week, wasn't it? So he won't yeah. be playing in that one. And, and he's another one, really. He's far too good to be playing at, at this level. He's been playing as a left-sided centre-back for Southend, but he can also play left-back. He can get forward. He's not the biggest, but he's unbelievable in the air. And it's just a shame, isn't it, that you get the players that have got the talent, but their bodies almost seem to, to let them down in the way, and they just seem to get so many injuries. But yeah. Touchwood, I mean, this isn't compared to the other injuries he's had in the past. It, it's not long term as such it is six weeks but it's come at a bad time for for him and, and his career but hopefully he can get back and can can start playing well again because he's definitely someone that's a, a very good player yeah uh, and, and again just looking at, at form tables and i know you know lies down lies and statistics and all of that but as you say there, there was a very good run of form around that well in particular looking from the beginning of january through to the sort of towards the end of february uh, things seem to have well i say trailed off not not terribly trailed off three yeah. draws two wins two defeats in the um, in, in the last what's that the last seven i mean is that a sign that maybe You've gone very quickly, and now things are things are catching up. Or is that players perhaps picking up injuries and suspensions yeah. and so forth? 
I think um, it was always going to happen at, at some point. There was no way that that kind of form was going to be carried on until the end of the season. But I think you're right. Um, we had a very good player on loan from Sheffield United at the back, Casper Lapata, and he unfortunately got recalled due to injury problems that Sheffield United had. So he's been a huge miss at the back. Obviously, Nathan Ralph's now out. Um, we've got a midfielder, Noor Hassin. He's been fantastic since, since he came to the club. He's been called up for a, an Afghanistan training camp in Turkey ahead of their sort of fixtures that they've got for their Asia Cup qualifiers in the summer. So he's been unavailable. Harry Cardwell's a very good striker, leads mm-hmm. the line well. He plays a part in, in both boxes in the air. So you're suddenly looking at it and you look at that good run and half the team pretty much is, is suddenly missing. And I think it's shown really that although Southend have made massive strides forward, that there is obviously still work to be done. And that includes strength and depth. I think maybe we do have um, options elsewhere, but I think maybe the last couple of games has shown that perhaps those coming in, I mean, hopefully they can they can prove me wrong and it's going to be their chance in, in the weeks to come that I think maybe maybe haven't quite got up to the levels of those that they're replacing. And I think for Southend now, it's it's all about next season, trying to take this momentum into next season and then really having a... You can put Southend in, in your playoff prediction for next year. I think that might be... Uh, a <laughs> that's reasonable. Realistic, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and that's what it's all about, really. But I think it's shown that, that Southend do need to to strengthen the squad so that it's not quite as harmful when, when these players do miss out. But saying that, I think most teams, other than your... Wrexham's and the you know, Stockport's yeah. and the ones with all the money. If you took out four or five of their regular starters, I think most teams would struggle. And and that's what Southend are having to put up with at the moment. But yeah, it's just nice to be looking up the table, not down it, as we have been doing for several years. And yeah, uh, um, yeah, it's a little bit of a sticky patch at the moment. It'll be interesting to see where 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 Saturday goes, where where that's concerned. Um, but it's a chance for others to say, yeah, I'm good enough. I, I can play and I, I want to be here next season. So yeah. there's still plenty for them to play for, really, regarding their future and the future of the club as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you talked there about a, a sticky patch. And obviously, uh, Tuesday night, there was a defeat at um, Maidenhead, wasn't there? There was a player sent off late in the game. You're, you're heading that game, but then they... They pegged you back before I think it was James Don, is it? Got sent yeah. off towards the towards the end. What what happened there? Um oh, National League referees are good, aren't they? We could uh, <laughs> we have a rule on the Glover's Cust. You're not allowed to complain about them because they're all rubbish. You just have to accept it. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Um so what basically happened was um, there's two sides of looking at this and, I, I'm, and I'm not someone that's um, South End biased. I do try and sort of stand back and, and think rationally about it. So um, it's one all. We're going into the, sort of the last few minutes of the match and the referee gives, it's an appalling decision. Um, it's a free kick that he gives against Ollie Kensdale. He clearly wins the ball um, and the free kick is given. But the free kick is on the halfway line. So while... It is a terrible decision. Maidenhead then take the free kick. It gets knocked on. It gets crossed. And then they score again. So, obviously, Southend are incensed by the free kick. And then they then... I mean, it's accurate to say that the free kick has led to the goal. Then there's a bit of a meltdown. James Dunn gets sent off for what he says to the referee in the aftermath of the goal. So, that's what happened. And, yes, it was a terrible decision. But... At the same time, Southend have got to be able to defend a free kick better from the halfway line. That's not the referee's fault. Of course, the free kick wouldn't have taken place, and I can completely understand both sides 
of the argument and it, it's a it's a it's a terrible decision like it i think i tweeted at the time it was so bad that kingsley would probably have started crowdfunding by now <laughs> i'm quite <laughs> proud of that one it got like 300 likes i'm not used to being so popular normally brilliant you're going viral for that I know, normally a, it's normally yeah. it's only about three likes and then that's on the good days so yeah um, have a pop at kingsley that's all you yeah. need to do, yeah <laughs> yeah we'll probably get banned from there now um <laughs> But it was um, a disappointing, and it was just it was just a frustrating night, really. It yeah. never really got it never really got going. It was a bit scrappy. I mean, the goalie made a fantastic save from Matt Dennis in the first half. Then Southend took the lead in the second half, and and, and Maidenhead sort of came back into it with a couple of goals from from set pieces. So it was a frustrating one. I think a draw probably would have been been about right. But Southend were really angry with the manner of the of the second goal that it came from that free kick that wasn't the free kick, but ultimately that happens doesn't it like you said the referees yeah. are bad but they're bad for both teams and and you just have to get on with it so you can't stay angry because perhaps that anger given away that free kick is what momentarily led to that lapsing concentration of getting back into the right area and and trying to win the header and trying to get the cross and trying to mark the guy that scored the goal so you just have to get on with it and I think hopefully that's a lesson learned from from South End. As bad as the decision was, that's football, isn't it? That can happen at any level. It happens even more at our level. Yeah. And you just got to get on with it. Um, James Dunn, really. I, I don't know what he said or, or what happened. But He's a fairly experienced player, he is, isn't he? He must he is, have come yeah. across a crap referee in his time. <laughs> yeah, and you, sh- you should know better, really. And it's unfortunate for him. It was his first start. You mentioned players coming in and trying to show that they should be part of the, of the club moving forward. That was his first start since December. Right. Um, so obviously he's got a two-match suspension now and he's going to have to wait longer for a chance. And when he does come back, Noor Hussein's going to be available again. So I don't know whether he'll get another chance. So, um, yeah, it was just a, a frustrating night overall very frustrating i've never the the desks you've seen the desks in the press box there as well they're sort of like you have to sort of like type above your head it's like very bizarre <laughs> i've had like a repetitive strain injury ever ever since trying to type I've never typed above my head before it was quite intriguing but yeah all in all i think we'll just cost that one off it, it was a bad night and and now it's about trying to have a, a reaction on on saturday against you yeah, uh, I mean, I'll ask you just for the final question and I'll phrase it this way. D- do you think you're going to be going back to Maidenhead next season <laughs> or uh, typing above your head? Or, or do you think there is still a chance that because look at looking at the table, you're, you're same same amount of games as Yeovil. You, you're two, two points ahead of us. So that puts you what Boreham Woody were the, the last one there. Puts you 11 points off Boreham Woody. Now, they seem to be dropping a little bit. There's other teams that have got games in hand over you. Even even we beat Bromley in the week, so um, uh, so that doesn't say too much about them. Do you think it's perhaps a bridge too far for Southend uh, to squeak into the playoffs? Yeah, if you're being realistic about it, I think it's probably... A where's, the, bit... where's the fun in being realistic? Sure, so like just, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to win the league. Okay, we're there, we're, we're the there, league. yeah. Uh, no, I think... Um, yeah, I think it's a bridge too far um, at, at this moment in time. I yeah. think um, to even be having the conversation about Southend being in the playoffs is a, is a miracle, really, considering um, where we were before Christmas and as a as a club even before that. So for Southend to be in contention is is fantastic. But I think if you're looking at it in terms of 
percentages it's probably sort of like a four or five percent chance really i think um a lot of things would, would have to go horribly wrong for, for the clubs above them and i think it's probably going to take more points than normal to get in the playoffs this year as well because of the, the strength in depth that some of the bigger clubs have um but I think Southend as well, maybe a bit of a sticky patch. So the winning run that they were on has sort of slightly ended a little bit. So, yeah, in answer to your question, I, I do think that we'll be um, going back to Maidenhead and and Yeovil as well, which will bring back some memories because it doesn't seem that long ago where sort of Southend and Yeovil, we were always vying for a promotion and, and league titles against each other. And Phil Jevons scored every time we played. I'm hoping yeah. he's retired now, isn't he? Because he literally, he must have scored about 80% of his career goals that, against Southend. We're bringing him back. We're bringing him back. He should be, honestly. He should bring him back just to play against Southend. I just always, it's always Phil Jevons and Matt Harold. They were just like, right, yeah. The players yeah. that would just score. It was just like starting the game one nil down because you just knew that the Phil Jevons was just always going to score. So, yeah. Right. Let's see, I'm just making a note of that. Yeah. I think he's got a first team coaching role at South uh, Sunderland now. Um, oh, okay. Fair yeah, Lee, yeah. Lee Johnson, who played for Yeovil as well, was manager there for a bit and uh, and he brought him in. I think he's still there, um, Jevo. But uh, yeah, I, I, if, if I had talking before about instinctive strikers, if I had to pick a, the best instinctive striker I've ever seen in a Yeovil show, it'd be Phil Jevons, hands down. He was just yeah. Yeah, something so he, did, he did score quite a lot, didn't he? He wasn't just yeah. against South End. He did do... Uh... Oh, he scored. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that that particular season, I know the one you mean, I was in the away end on a, a glorious summer's day in Essex, I think, that day. Um, but yeah, that was, that, was, that was one to remember, but... Yeah. Well, before I get too nostalgic and start trying to remember all of uh, all, all of those glory days, I'll we'll, we'll knock it on the head there. But Chris, really appreciate you joining us to talk. And um, obviously, I, I would wish you luck for the weekend, but I wouldn't really mean it. So, but we hope, <laughs> Likewise, hope you, to be honest. So. Exactly. I hope you have a safe trip down to Somerset anyway. And thanks again for joining us. No problem. Thanks for asking me on and good luck after Saturday. <laughs> after Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Chris. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Take care. So there we have it. All we need for Saturday is Phil Jevons and Matt Harold leading the line. Is is that too much to ask for? Well, Sunderland, where uh, Phil Jevons is still first team coach, aren't playing. So that's a possibility. But Matt Harold is a uh, caretaker manager at Leighton Orient who I think are playing this weekend. So we can have one of the two. In fact, they are. They're at home to, they're at home to Barrow. Phil Brown's Barrow, poor old Barrow, eh? But um, yeah, so Matt Harold is going to struggle, but we might get Jevo if he wants to come all the way down from the northeast. I think I'd rather have Jevo than Matt Harold. I think. I think so. Yeah. I, yeah, it's not even close. I mean, it's <laughs> Matt Harold wants shabby, but he ain't Phil Jevons. No. No. But how yes, many, how many are we going to beat uh, South End by them? Well, if Ian's there, it's going to be at least two. We're going to score, isn't it? So Ian, yeah. there. I am there, yeah. Oh, 2 0. Double yeah. it. Double there it. <laughs> oh, no. Ruben, I'm waiting for the picture. Clevo's promised me there's going to be a picture of Ruben Reed holding a match ball, holding three fingers up. That's, it's going to happen. I think he's going to pull up his shirt and it will say, fuck off, coats. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You're going to have to press the button now, aren't you? But yeah. No, well, I, I'm going to stick with my consistent uh, approach with Ruben Reed. My criticism of Ruben Reed has always been that he hasn't scored enough goals.
everyone else can say, oh, but he does this and he does that. And people were saying to me, well, if he if he plays the way he does, I don't care if he doesn't score any goals. Well, I will still judge strikers on goals. And and then when you all come back to my, I will do the Ben Barrett thing of saying, they're all coming back now. They're all coming around to Jordan Barnett playing up front. So, yeah. <laughs> good, Donnie. He was good. Does does the picture count if it's against odd down? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give him. I'll give him three against odd down. He didn't come close against Cheddar. Um. Okay. South End away from home. Bit iffy. Recently, right next to us in the table, is their season over? I mean, ours is. If we're saying ours is over, and we are one place and two points below them. Is their season over? 47? Can they make up 11 points on Borenwood? Chris, um, who we just heard from there, said he thinks, yes, it is. I think it's too much for them. I think he said he gave it a 4% chance of them being able to make it. So they still got a chance, but a 4% <laughs> chance. <laughs> and what chance, have we, what, what, what chance have we got in your percentage? Well, it's not my percentage. That was his percentage. No, but I know, my, but I mean in, Ben. and Ben's... Oh, uh, Ben's percentage world as the statistician of us, what percent chance have we got? Um, we are very, very slim. I would go with two, one. Well, okay, all right, that's some four then. Yeah. <laughs> is it, oh, yeah, is it well, dumb and yeah. dumber where Jim Carrey says uh, she says something like, "I wouldn't be with you if you were the, if you were the last man on earth" or something, and he says, "So you're saying I've still got a chance." <laughs> I said one percent. Mathematically, we can still finish in the playoffs. It is yeah. doable. But we can still get relegated as well, can't we? Um, I'm not sure we can. Can we? Mathematically, I saw the other week. I think Stockport. The only the other week said that they couldn't go down. <laughs> Stockport do you think, fans were saying. Do you think Darren Saw has like a dashboard on Football Manager which tells him where he can and can't finish? Like. Yeah. So he logs on on Monday and it says, oh, we can't finish lower than 18th now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've got that stat somewhere. Yeah. I do have that stat somewhere. I will try and find it. Opens the briefcase. Yeah, I, actually, I do have the briefcase. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, for Southend, it sounds like they are shaping themselves for next season, I think. Uh, obviously, a lot can happen between, between now and then. But they've, they've certainly had quite a turn of form and it is quite ironic that their turn in form has happened since Reese Murphy got injured. And I'm not saying, you know, Reese Murphy got nine goals in, in a very, very poor side. So um, yeah, it's got nothing to do. I'm not saying it's got anything to do with him, but it is strange that you lose a player that we all know is a, is a great goal scorer. Um, and that's when you turn it round. But I suppose Sackingfield Brown probably did something for them as well. But yeah. yeah, he's their top scorer still, isn't he? Even though he's is he out? Yeah. Um, but they've without James Dunn, aren't they? He's suspended. Yeah, Nathan uh, Ralph Nathan is Ralph out too. Yeah, and they had a lad uh, who they had on loan from Sheffield United, Casper, um, somebody or other, um, who's gone back to Sheffield United now. So, um, so yeah, they, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're but. Bit low on numbers, I think, but they've got they've got a few that have come in to prove themselves. So we'll they've see. A, they've signed a couple today, haven't they? Yeah. Transfer deadline day. Sounds uh, like it's going to be one of those who wants it more games, isn't it? They're all going to be 
banging on the wall saying, who wants him all, lads? Yeah. It feels like it's going to be one of them. How'd that go again? Who wants him all, lads? That's right. right. Why, <laughs> did you say Why did you say it like the guy who calls the darts? <laughs> yeah. I don't watch darts. I don't know that guy. No. Sound like Ross Bray. <laughs> I can't find um, the stat about people where they can and can't finish stuff, and it's frustrating. Oh, okay. Well, well, we won't keep the listeners waiting. No, it's nah. fine. You, no, carry on, keep talking. <laughs> if I find it by the end of the podcast, I will blurt it in. Yeah, yeah. So, blurt it in the famous. <laughs> I will blurt it in. <laughs> in rather than blurt it out. <laughs> And inhales his blurts. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've uh, we've we've talked about um, Rubin. We've talked about um, uh, about international yet. Oh no, we haven't. Of course, we haven't. Addy, go on, go on. We've got to talk about Addy. What uh, now? We go. There was a there was a statement put on the Tanzanian FA's uh, Twitter page about Adi Yusuf's call up and we Google translated it out of Swahili because uh, despite my efforts the other week I, I can't actually speak or read yeah, Swahili. I thought you were fluent now. Yeah effluent more like but yeah <laughs> we uh, um but and and it said after he was initially denied the the so it sounded like they'd asked for him to be released to play and he was denied the opportunity to do that. Which that is, uh, I'm going to put that down to a Google Translate and say that maybe we said we wanted him to play against um, it was Dover, wasn't it last weekend when he when he started uh, and he was allowed to go after that. Do we think Ben, you translated it as the same as I did? Is that how you read the translation? I was more focused on the fact that they called him the famous Addy. Yeah, they did. Um, but yeah, basically, I we think are they... the famous, the famous user. <laughs> I think I think you're exactly right. I think I, I don't know how it works, but they may have called him up a bit late, and they kind of went, "Hang on, we've already got plans. We didn't know you wanted him. You can have him after Dover, type thing." Um, yeah, I, I, I don't read an awful lot into it, to be honest with you. It sounds it was strange. I spent far too much time on on Thursday, Thursday, Wednesday, trying to figure out the Tanzania Twitter, trying to figure it out. It kicked off 50 minutes late the football match against Central Afri- African Republic because of two things. The Central African Republic players arrived at the airport and realised that nobody from Tanzania had provided any kind of accommodation or place for them to be. So they slept on the floor of the um, Tanzanian airport. That was one rumour doing the rounds. There's a picture of a few of the um, Central African players sleeping on the floor of a of an airport. And the other one was that they weren't happy with the fact that it was a Tanzanian referee despite the fact that there's a whole host of games taking place in Tanzania including matches that aren't of Tanzania so yeah they weren't happy but it kicked off 50 minutes late but it then happened and they won 3-1 I love African football if you haven't seen the first goal the free kick goal for the um, for Tanzania oh it's 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 a thing you it's thought you thing. thought Ted Can's error was uh, was bad. <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Hold my beer, said whatever the name of the Central African Republic keeper was. Yeah, that's is not it, that. Is that a hundred uh, percent Serengeti premium lager by any chance that you want them to hold? <laughs> that's what they had on the adverts, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> everything, everything has Serengeti lager. 
whole yeah. country is sponsored by Serengeti Lager. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't a great bit of goalkeeping, was it? Let's be honest with you. But Addy played. He played 45 minutes. He's got two more games to to, to hopefully get in. And let's, do, let's hope he gets a goal because it's the kind of thing that if he comes back, absolutely buzzing. He's played for his country two times, three times, whatever it may be. He's bagged a goal. That's the kind of thing that you can maybe feed off a little bit if you come back and you've got this guy bouncing. It's well thought of that he works his backside off in training and training. You know what? Fair play. If he can get it going, fair play to him. We give him a bit of stick and rightly so, but it's also right that we celebrate the good things. You reckon they've got a song for him? Uh, maybe. Have we got a song for him? <laughs> you know very well we do, David. Uh, the only one I've heard is Yusuf, Yusuf, Yusuf. Is it? Yeah. More about, him, more about him hating the Weymouth. Oh, right. <laughs> no, yeah, well, yeah. That's a, let's, let's pretend that one never even existed for anybody, I think. But yeah, I've never heard that one song, let's put it that way. Oh, uh, this must be a Hewish Park yeah, song. Yeah. Yeah, it can stay there if it likes. So yes. anything, else? anything else to add? Should we talk about the Legends game? Oh, yeah. yeah. We haven't talked about that, have we, since? No, because it was announced. Was it on the Sunday? It was announced. The Sunday. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Coming out. Uh, yeah, because you guys recorded on the. Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yes, so 12th, no, 14th of May. May I got that yeah. right? Saturday the 14th of May. And they're already announcing players. So who have we got? Wheelie in goal. Skivo's there, isn't he? Um, so Kev Aaron Davis, Kevin Gould. Gavin Williams. Gavin Williams. That's not a bad five-side team, is it? Not a bad five-side team, no. Not bad, that's, team, probably, that's probably the best, one of the best five-side teams. Not bad, is it? It's attack-minded. But it is, but when you've got Wheelie and Go and Skiver at the back, yeah. you can let the front what let three need? do whatever they want. Yeah, one more Plenty of running in Super Kev, isn't there? Yeah. It was quite funny on the commentary on Tuesday night, Wheelie was on the commentary and he was, uh, when he was talking about Ted Can's kicking and how good it was, he said, oh, it kind of reminds me of, and then he stopped and he was going to say, it reminds me of me. <laughs> because he was saying he was doing some practice ahead of because there was this game coming up but yeah and then Sheridan <laughs> laughed at him because he was <laughs> not very modest is it but <laughs> yeah he's so good he reminds me of me <laughs> but yeah um, I think it's because he's left footed right okay that could have been what it is but uh, the in the Southwest 11, Legend 11 I saw Lee Trundle was in there wasn't he yeah, he's always worth a watch, not, isn't he? Not going to get out of Skivo's pocket, is he? <laughs> no, no. Um, there were a few others. Who, I'll be honest, I didn't recognise, but my knowledge of Southwest football legends is probably limited to Yeovil Town. Don think. Don Challoner doesn't think it's one of them. Is he the long throw specialist? No, no that's, that's Dave Challoner. Dave Challoner, the Stockport manager. Yeah, any any relation? I don't know. No, it um, was an Aaron Brown who wasn't the Aaron Brown who yeah, played for the us. Useless one we had. I'm going to say no. I saw Aaron Brown and I thought, huh? The one we Legend? used to, yeah. the one we used to sing about having no hair. Him. Yeah. What? So John yeah. John Challoner started his career at Rushton and Diamonds. Um, 
He also played for Old Shot Town, Dave, so you should know him. Um, Probably got a shirt of his somewhere. I thought. Played 84 times for Exeter between 2005 and 2007, which is probably the Legendary Adam Sansfield link. Right. Um, then he played for Russian and Diamonds again. So last club was Halifax Town in 2014. A bit disappointed Ben hasn't said shouted rubbish and dustbins whenever he talked about Russian and Diamonds. Sorry, I'm still trying to find I'm... his possible finishing position for the National League. It's driving me around. <laughs> I'm surprised Ben didn't want us to sign him because he scored a few goals four years ago or something. What? Why? <laughs> Is this a you and Pollock reference? Or... Oh, no, that, that striker we were going to sign from the National League South team who disappeared after 20. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three seasons ago. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so Legends game will be good. How are we going, Ben? I've, I've booked the day off work. I've booked the weekend off work. I've booked Sorry. Friday off. Have you? What time are you going, Dave? You give me a lift. You want to come over to Preston, I'll give you a lift. Yes. Are you playing for the supporters, Eleven? Is that why you two are coming down? <gasps> uh, nope. Honestly, if the supporters, Eleven, is that hard up for players, they're, they're probably best <laughs> off not playing at all. Have boots, will travel. Do there you get in go. touch if you need me. Don't worry Co- about it. Coombe legend. Coombe legend. Uh, right. I would I would donate good money to see Dave up front and Ruben Reed watching it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Providing his analysis alongside. Yes. Yeah. I would literally just have my back to goal the whole time. Uh, I'd never turn around. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, that would that would be that would be fair enough. I, I mean, I would argue it's not my profession, but there we go. Um <laughs> He can, he can, he can, he can come and criticise me for the, for my job if he if he likes. More than welcome <laughs> to do that. Um, we've got some questions. Can we? Shall we go to questions? Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, Debs Curtis, Glover's girl, asks: Tomorrow, at the time of recording, or today, at the time of release, I'll be celebrating my twenty fifth anniversary of my first Yeovil Town game, which also happened to be the game versus Enfield when 2,000 fans were locked outside. What a start. What was your first game as a YTFC fan? 25 years. Craig, you get less for murder. Um, what do you do? Do not. Is that the right? It's a joke. It's a line. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Murder um, is not a joke. That's <laughs> no, true. Very true. Um I don't know. I can't remember. It's a it's a game against a team in red and black, possibly Bournemouth in a preseason friendly, circa ninety nine two thousand. It's a friendly against Swindon at Hewish Park. I've told the story before, where the goal we scored was their right back booting it over their keeper's head, um, like Lee Dixon did once for Arsenal against Wrexham, possibly. Um, yeah, and. Then we then they scored at the other end. Um, there yeah. is a there is a response on here from John Baker Cider Yarn, which said QPR friendly May nineteen sixty seven, forty years to the day before the Forest at home semi final. So there you go. He's come a long way, isn't he? Wow. Well done, John. Well done, John. Um, Harry Eaton. What was yours, Dave? My first um older well, at home, he was in the wrong end. <laughs> uh yeah, well actually my uncle, who is an older shot fan and will be at Hewish Park on the uh, in the older shot end, um, for that game on Good Friday, 
sent me some programs a few um, weeks ago uh, of games that he apparently took me to. And it was 1989 at some point, and it was a reserve team game. The Oval Reserves against Weymouth Reserves, which I have no recollection of attending. Um, but yeah, I was uh, eight, nine years old at the time. So must have been a good one. Went back, didn't I? So. Harry Eaton, has Max Evans become the new Alex Bradley? What has he done? What, what does he have to do to get a game? No offence to Ted Can, but he's made a couple of shockers and we've nothing left to play for. Somerset Premier Cup aside, well said, Harry. Um, so the perfect chance for Max to have a run of games with Grant out. We did touch on this, didn't we, about... Um, about yeah, I, I think back to... Before we signed, or before we knew we'd signed Dylan Barnes, the manager said, oh, there was always a plan for Max Evans this season. Yeah. Uh, he was going to play in these games. He wasn't going to play in these games, blah, 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 blah. And maybe we're just not averting from the plan. That is the plan, and we're sticking to the plan. Um, he obviously... plays in the SBC only. <laughs> yeah, obviously, Darren Sol sees, well, and he played in the FA Trophy too. We did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, but only in one game. He didn't play in the Needham game, did he? Or did he, Max? Play in Needham Market game? I remove that one from my memory. Yeah, probably fair enough. Yeah, but he definitely played in the. Uh, he played the, the working, working game. game. Didn't he? Yeah. Um, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling he didn't play because I think Grant Smith was in goal because he made yeah. some good saves in the shootout. Yeah. Um, and he scored one in the shootout as well, didn't he, Grant? He did. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think there's there's a plan, and we're just sticking to it. I mean, it's a shame, but I guess Darren Sol sees him in training every day and knows what his capabilities are, and we've got no reason to, you know, no reason to think otherwise. You know. Go along with that, Ben. Um, I'm not sure, really. I think circumstances have changed since that first, since the Dylan Barnes debacle. Um, the season's See, over. Uh, the season's over. I've, I've no, I'm not averse to having two goalkeepers, but I don't know. I think part of me did want Max Evans to get a little run to see what he's got. If we don't know now, when are we going to know? It would be nice to see him get some games, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would be nice to see him get some games in a game where you think he's probably not going to be... You don't want to like shatter his confidence by conceding. No, but you could have played him against... Dover. Uh, yeah, you could have played him in that average Dover game, giving him the confidence of a 2-0 win, and then yeah. chucked him in against a good team like Bromley yeah. and followed that up with you know good teams like Southend and stuff. Um, I thought I thought it might have been his time. And, uh, you know, I hope someone somewhere... Because he's not even been on the bench recently, Max Evans, with him preferring to play five outfielders. Uh, yeah. I, I think I would have been Team Evans. Yeah, I would. And I hope that I hope Darren Sal or, or Craig White or whoever it is 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 got some man management on him. Because it can't be the easiest thing in the world to be a second choice keeper at the best of times. But when an opportunity presents itself, I thought this might have been it you you weren't gonna get another better chance to give him a go, were you? No. So we'll see. Okay. 
So we've got um, we've got a few questions here which are on a similar theme. So I shall I shall in fact these are the last questions we got. So let's make this a good talking point. But um, oh, and in fact, I know I'll ask this one first. Robin Batchelor, who's your favourite ever Yeovil Town international? The more obscure nation, the better. Ben's reaching for a book. Oh no, he's not. He's, he's just looking, <laughs> looking as if uh, the answer is floating above him. I was, Can I... I was reaching for a book. Going to be Josh oh, Wagner. It's got to be Josh Wagner, isn't it, for Ben? Canadian. <laughs> his yeah. his favourite goalkeeper we've ever had, Josh Wagner, just because he was nice to him once. <laughs> okay. I'm going to go for uh, Maximenko, just because I love his name. That, uh, I think that was uh, that that would be one of my favourites. He was Latvian, was he, Ben? Maximenko, the other Latvian we had. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I struggle to look beyond Andre Stolcher's. What a player he was! I know Latvia. You know, Latvia is probably obscure to so Yeovil Town yes. fans. It, it's not that obscure because no. of our history, but <laughs> to everyone else, yeah, um, yeah, Stolchers. Well, so Robin, we, we, we might have to come back to you on Ben's answer because he is studying a book very, <laughs> a very, very hard. So we might have to come back to you on that one. Sorry, like, Ian, you're going to say something. I think, I'd, I think I'd like to go with Guadeloupe and Flavian Belson. Oh yeah, Guadeloupe. Yeah. But I would have said why is he and Central African Republic. Both why? Of them, between them play 45 whole minutes. And what makes him your favourite ever international? Um, because mm, more obscure I was going for there. He's not my favourite. Oh um, well the question is what is your favourite? Okay, well he, he's the most obscure then. Okay, yeah. Gav Williams played for Wales, didn't he? Yeah, so yeah. Jeff Gall, Aaron Davis, Nathan Jones, Simon Jerk, yeah. Sean McDonald, Craig Davis, and Owen Tudor Jones, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for Gav Williams. Then. Although he's just one of my favourite players because Forrington never played for England, which is outrageous. I have to say. Wales is pretty obscure as well, isn't it? Wales. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. So I think I'll answer that one, Robin. Now I'm going to go to Robin's other question, which I say is connected to one that Colin has asked as well. So I'll read them both. So Robin says, and this is good knowledge, I don't think we spotted this one, lads. Um, I noticed this week that Toby Stevens and Ollie Haste are both on loan at Barnstable. Didn't realise Toby Stevens was there, but um, that's what Robin has suggested. Do you think we should have a network of local teams to loan players to? X to do this really well, sending young players out to Tiverton, Biddeford, Western Supermare and Bath, among others. And then Colin, Yorkshire Glover, says, can you book in a talk with Jake Vincent? We are losing our young players to other clubs. This week, one of our under-18s turned out for Exeter City, so not good enough for the National League, yet ready for League Two. I think this is Pedro Borges, who I think left our under-18s. Was it just after Christmas? We we spotted him there, didn't we? I think we mentioned him. Mate, oh, it's actually it was the last Somerset Premier Cup game that we noticed he wasn't there, and we yeah, we, we asked, didn't we? We found yeah. him on Instagram. Yeah, and um, he, was, he was at Exeter. So, do we think it's? What, what do we he, think? Did he play in an actual Exeter game? Did he come on? Was it an actual game it was or was it a cup? I think. Yeah, so it's like oh, uh, okay, right. it wasn't. Um, well, I mean, we know that Finn Skiverton. It's turning out for street. Yep. What um, a shout that is on Barnstable Town, by the way. They, who, by the way, goalkeeper, Lloyd Irish, formerly of ours as well. 
Well, Ollie Hicks um, and Toby Stevens. I mean, it might be that we have this network, but we just don't shout about having this network. Someone needs to ask. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so, so we've got two players out on loan at Barnstable, and Finn Skiverton is he still ours? Do you think? I mean, he played in the Somerset Premier Cup, didn't he? Yeah, he came on. Yeah, Stink, stinks of a dual registration, doesn't it? Yeah. Stinks of a dual registration. Sounds. Yeah, but if he's an under eighteen or whatever, or an academy or whatever we have, he probably doesn't. It's probably isn't registered as such, is it? Because he's not going to play for us in. Well, I suppose the Premier Cup, but that's not. I don't know. I'm just having an internal monologue where I'm not finishing my sentences here. <laughs> the um, I think we can all agree that the having and developing young players through our youth uh, categories and then getting them the opportunity to giving them the opportunities we've spoken about max evans i know he came from from elsewhere he didn't come through the youth setup but um it would be good if we could give some of these more experience but somerset county cup uh, premier cup sorry jake graziano ollie hayes toby stevens benjani jr finn skiverton They've had some, you could call them first team minutes. They've had some first team minutes, but. Yeah, well, in the last game, we had a fullback who played the entire 90 and a centre back who played the entire 90 yep. as well. So we had. It's difficult. Would you want to drop any of these kids into a National League match? Absolutely not, because they will get murdered. Uh, and as we know, that's 25 years or less in prison. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just... <laughs> Judge Barrett presiding. <laughs> I just, uh, it's we've we've descended into farce again, lads. It's happened. I I totally get the frustration. I really do. But we're at a stage again where we're just Abe Simpson shouting at a cloud, aren't we? Because yeah, we would love. Uh, a decent youth setup with a big network and all these pipeline for these players to come into a play. That's the dream. <laughs> and obviously we are far from living the dream as a football club at the moment. Um, yeah. Unless you've had a really bad dream. Well, I've seen two goals at Hewish Park this week. Hey, <laughs> that's living the dream, my friend. That is living the dream. <laughs> Right. Should we call it there? Yeah, there is another question you've missed out, Dave. Uh, Over? Again. Again. Yeah. After a memorable assist on Tuesday. Oh, I can't see this. Has it got the GCQs on it? It does, yeah. It's a a quote tweet. I'll beg your pardon. Right, okay. That's maybe why I've missed it. After a memorable... This is going to be a... (laughs) We might not do all of these. After a memorable assist on Tuesday, could you rank your best five assists... And your funniest. <laughs> That's from uh, Yeovil Guna. The short answer to that is no. No. I'm going <laughs> to put that up there with, can you tell me your favourite boots or shin pads worn by Yeovil Town player? I, I, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember. I can, okay. I, 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 can do a bit of, uh, I can do a bit of mopping up on Toby Stevens and Ollie Haste, if you like. I, think I just want to, the last, the two on Tuesday, maybe it's just because they are in my most recent memories. They were very good assists, both of them. So yeah. Knowles to the F and Neufilter. 
to know is those were good assists, but I've I've got I've, what about, I've got a couple. What about Paddy Madden to Edu to Ed Upson? Oh that, that's that is a good shout. That is a good shout, yeah. That's one yeah. you know on you know on match of the day when they're like oh, when there's yeah. a striker in the chair and he goes, he's put that in, he knows exactly where he'd want it as a striker. That's one of them, isn't it? Can I have Kieran Murta corner Chris Will header? Yeah. Can I have that one? Yeah. Is that about the assist or about the header? Both. And can I have, uh, off the back of me failing at the quiz a few weeks ago, can I have Lee Morris teeing up Aaron Davis at the city ground for the fifth? Those were the days, eh? Those were the days. Yeah, um, wrapping things up then with Ollie Hayes, he has joined on a dual registration basis for Barnstable Town. And Toby Stevens has been on loan at uh, Barnstable for over a month now. Right. Who knew? Not <laughs> us. Nobody well done, knew. Robin Batchelor. Nobody asked. Yep. Um, so, yes, he is on loan there. Because Ben hasn't been at the presser. That's why we didn't know these things. Ben, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Yeah, or I this hope, morning, as people hope, listen to it? I hope everyone's got their popcorn. I have a Zoom meeting at 9.15. Yeah. I can just imagine it. It's like, do you remember Smith and Jones? That might be a bit of a dated reference there. Grandin no, Griff, uh, what is it? Uh, Mel Smith and Griff uh, Jones? Yeah, Smith and Jones. I, mean, I've, I probably got that wrong now, but um, but they were two they were two comedians that their, their sketch was the two of them sat face to face against each other, just like talking to, to talking nonsense to each other, basically. That's how I'm imagining Ben Barrett and Darren Sarle just head to head. That's the way that's what people want to see. Um, exactly which one of us is talking nonsense. Well, no, they, they talk nonsense because they were comedians. I'm not I, saying I, you... Okay, I read between the lines. Dave. That's yeah. Right, that's it then. Yeah, that is it. That is it. Listeners, thank you. We will talk to you on Monday after another win. Yay! Go on, Glovers. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.
the secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code GLOW.